Hello, this is Jake Watkins. I'm the Young Adults Pastor at Cross City Christian Church, and welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk inspires you and encourages you into anchoring the love and power of Jesus into your daily life. Enjoy the message. TikTok theology. TikTok theology. All right, so I know, kind of a cheesy, kind of a cheesy name, but uh, I want, anybody big TikTok fans watch a lot of TikTok? Anybody? No, come on, you guys spend so much time on TikTok. All right, all right, if you are not on TikTok, you're just watching all the TikToks on Instagram anyway, all right? But like two or three weeks after everybody else, all right? You're just, you're, uh, people who use Instagram are just TikTokers without the TikTok. You're just, you're getting all the TikToks anyway. But I got this idea. I see so many TikToks, videos of people with just really terrible theology. And uh, theology is one of those words you may not have come across, but basically theology, the definition is, is the study of God. It's the study of God. It's the study of his nature and religious beliefs. So if I ask you what you believed, what you believed about God, what you believed about Jesus, I'm really asking you, what's your theology? And at the end, the baseline, every Christian, every person who claims a belief in God, in Jesus, should have a, a baseline theology that we're going off of, a, a baseline that sets what our beliefs are. We all have, we all have a, a theology. And so we're going to be looking at some uh, TikToks over the next few weeks, uh, some that you may have seen, some that have gone viral, and we're going to be breaking down their theology and what they say and what they mean biblically. And we're going to look at them and see what is some truth, what's some just straight up lies. I mean, these, they, they may have been t TikToks that you've seen or in some way they've maybe shaken your faith or maybe they've caused you to raise an eyebrow, but we're going to break them down. And here's the one that I saw that really made me want to do this series. So check it out. I prayed for this. I'm not lucky. I am covered. <laughs> Howdy. My name is Jarma and I live in the Bible Belt. And I see people talk like this all day long on the internet. Oh, God has answered my prayers. I am so blessed. We have been praying for this. For one, God cannot answer prayers because that would be interfering with free will. But let's say he does answer prayers. When you spout on the internet or in front of people that a God has answered your prayers, do you know what you're really saying? You're saying this God is so powerful that he has blessed you specifically. That means he's picking and choosing who to bless. Do you know how many children are praying not to get graped? Oh yeah, this just got serious because it pisses me off. How many children are praying for food? But your God bless little old you. Honey, your God is evil. Evil. Yeah, she sucks. No, uh, <laughs> uh, will you guys, uh, will you pray with me before we get into this? Let's pray together. God, we just come before you, Lord. We know that you're a God who hears prayer and you're a God who answers prayer. God, we just give you this night, Lord. May you just um, work even through this weird, deranged TikTok, God. May we just learn something new from your word tonight. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 
Now listen, Jarma seems like a nice lady, all right? She's got that better out than in philosophy, all right? She just rips a burp right off the top. But look, Jarma, from what I gather, she's not an atheist. She's a Satanist. I don't know if you caught that. At the beginning, it says Satanist stitch incoming. And she actually doesn't argue against God hearing our prayers, but uh, against God uh, answering our prayers. So her being a Satanist, it, it doesn't mean that she doesn't believe in God. It means that she's got a twisted belief of about God. And so in particular, she's talking about prayer and her main point in the beginning of this video, the crux of what everything else in her argument kind of hinges on is this idea that God can't interfere with free will. Now, I don't know if you know anything about free will or what your theology is, uh, is on free will, but free will is that belief that you and I are able to make choices. At the baseline, at free will is just that, that, that you and I are able to make our own choices. We choose where to eat. We choose what we want to wear. And in the context of God, what free, free will means is that we choose whether we follow him or not. And in Joshua 24, 15, it says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods uh, your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me in my household, we will serve the Lord. The belief is that you and I have a freedom of choice. This is true. We have free will. We read it in the Bible right there in Joshua. We have a freedom of choice. For Jarma, she chooses to worship Satan. And for us, we choose to worship God. And the Jarma's argument, though, is that prayer doesn't work. Prayer doesn't work because if you're praying for God to disrupt your free will, he can't do it. If you're praying for God to disrupt free will, he would be infringing upon free will and he's unable to do that. That's her main point, which leads me to my first point, which is this, prayer invites God to interfere. Prayer invites God to interfere. Prayer asks God to intercede. That is the whole point of prayer. If I can look Jarma in the face, I would say you're missing it. That is the point. It's to interrupt our will with God's will. In fact, I've heard it put this way, that there are actually three wills at work in the world. God's will, our will, and the enemy's will or Satan's will. And these three wills work in the world together right now. Ultimately, what we know as Bible believers is that ultimately God's will is going to be done. That in the end, God's will is going to have its way. It's going to trump everything else. God's will is going to be done in the end. And everything in the middle is God moving and working in the world. It's us and the choices that we make. And it's the enemy at work and at play trying to mess things up. There's these three wills. And in the middle is exactly where and why we should be praying for God to interfere. 
In fact, Jesus teaches us by example that God can and will answer prayer to disrupt free will. As Jesus is about to go to the cross and be brutally tortured and murdered, this is what he prays to God in Luke twenty-two forty-two. He says, not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours, Father. The whole point of prayer is asking God to interfere with free will. It's inviting him in. Not my will, not the enemy's will, but God, your will be done. And you may ask yourself, well, why does an all-powerful God need to be invited (laughs) to intervene? Well, look, he doesn't need to be invited. He just would like to be invited. He wants you to choose him. He wants you to ask for his help. In fact, we see that in scripture in Philippians chapter four, verse six. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. My daughter, 11 months old, she's going to turn a year old next month, and it's almost unbelievable how fast times go. Yes, I've kept a baby alive for 11 whole months. It's a miracle. Uh, But she's starting to get to that age where uh, she's discovering her independence. So um, sometimes she doesn't like you helping her with things anymore, right? Like she's got those baby Cheetos in the tub, and she like wants to open the tub herself, right? She's like starting to grab the tub. She wants to open the lid. And then she doesn't want you to hold it. She doesn't want you to feed her the Cheetos. She wants to be the one to put her hand in and take the Cheetos out, right? She's discovering that she can like do it herself. She don't need my help anymore, right? And I know it's only going to get worse from here, all right? I have a, a close friend. Uh, who has a son who's like four and a half years old. And uh, I remember hanging out with them and I gave him a bag of, of a little bag of like the fruit gummies, little fruit snacks. And I hand him the little bag and he's like, thanks. And he like walks away and I see him like trying to open the bag, but he's got little, little tiny kid fingers and with like no nails. So he can't get the corner of the bag open. And so I'm watching him struggle. And I'm like, I, I asked, I, I asked his dad, I was like, should I like, go open the gummy bag for him? He's like, no, 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 just wait. Like, like let, him, let him like try and figure it out for a little bit. I want him to learn to ask for help. I was like, okay. And there he goes. He's struggling. He can't get the gummies open. He's feeling all the emotions of having life's greatest gifts right in your hand, but you can't open the bag. And in his frustration, he gets a little angry. And his dad at that point goes, do you need some help, bud? He says, yes, I need help, Dad. <laughs> and then he opens up the gummy bags and gives them. Listen, sometimes it's in our struggles that we recognize our need for God. Sometimes it's in our struggles that we recognize our, our need for God. When I'm the most irritable, when I'm easily annoyed, when I'm stressed out, these are all indicators that I'm either really hungry or I really need Jesus. And I'm telling you, most of the time it's both, all right? I need a Snickers bar and I need to pray. That's the reality, is our struggles remind us to pray for God's intervention. When someone I I love has a health scare, when, when finances are looking rough, when the organization I work for seems the least organized, these are all struggles that wake me up to the realization that I need God. 
Look, if God just intervened in my life 24-7, made everything perfect without me knowing it, and my life looked like a forever episode of Full House, when would I ever need God? When would I ever need to talk to him? When would I ever need to come to him in prayer if he's just doing all the work behind the scenes? See, our struggles remind us to pray for God's intervention and disrupt us of our free will. It's precisely the point of prayer. But it's also not the only point. See, if I I left it at that, I think we would have a little deformed image of God, all right? If I I left it at just that, I think we would kind of have this warped view that God's like a genie in a bottle, that like we just, we just come to him and we just ask him for things and it's like wish granted, right? That, that God is some type of like uh, uh, God who only intervenes if we say the magic words. But prayer's not just a wish list. Prayer is conversation. Prayer is conversation. In fact, one of the most important aspects of prayer is this. Prayer builds relationship with God. Prayer builds relationship with God. Um, If you've ever been on a a first date, you probably know how awkward first dates can be, right? Like they got some potential to be just weird. Okay, they can have some bad breath or maybe they got something like stuck in their teeth or maybe they're like, their online pictures didn't actually accurately portray who they are, all right? And besides being catfished, I think the two worst things that could happen on a first date is you're sitting across from the person and they're so uncomfortably quiet. That's terrible. And they don't say like hardly anything at all. That's weird. And you ask a question, it's like a one word response. Awkward. The other thing, is if they won't stop talking, all right? There's the really awkward, quiet person, and then there's the person who literally won't shut up. And they're just talking about themselves the entire time. They're like, like, cool, I'm just gonna sit here, listen to your life story, and hopefully never see you again, right? Those are like the two most awkward first date things. For a lot of us, can I tell you, this is our relationship with God. you, You might be the silent person. Like for months, you haven't prayed. For months, you haven't talked to God. And out of nowhere, you show up, and then you're the person who won't shut up, just giving him this long list of prayer requests you got, and then you're like, okay, peace, and you bounce out. God's like, what? You just gave me the silent treatment, and then you hit me with everything you want done, and then you're gone? See, like, uh, imagine you met someone, right? You met someone new. They got your phone number. This is like a buddy, all right? You met like a, guys, you like met like a guy at the gym. He's like pumping iron. You're pumping iron. He comes over. He's like, I like your biceps. You're like, thanks, bro. And you're like, let me get your number. Let's hang out. You're like, yeah. You're like, I just made a man friend. And then he calls you up and he's like, yo. You're like, yo, man, what's up? How's the pump? He's like, yo, yo, yo. I'm going out of town. Can you come dog sit for me? You're like, well, Okay, I don't even know you. You're over at this dude's house feeding his dog. He gets back. You go about your business. A few days later, he calls you again. You're like, yo, bro, what's up? I had a great time with your dog. You know, let's go hang out. He's like, no, no, no. Uh, Do you have any gas for a lawnmower? And you're like, "Uh, maybe, yeah, okay. And you come over, you fill up his lawnmower, and you're like, all right, cool. We hang out. He's like, nah, I got to mow my lawn. 
You're like, okay, and you just leave. A few days later, he calls you again. You're like, okay, this is the time. This is, we're going to be like really good buds. I've done him a couple favors. We're like going deep now. And he's like, yo, yo, man, I got to ask you a favor. You're like, crud. He's like, man, I, I didn't bring an extra pair of underwear to the gym, dude. You got me? You're like, what? You're hanging up that phone. You're like, I'm never talking to you again, you weirdo. All you ever do is talk to me when you want something. Put yourself in God's shoes for a second. He wants a relationship with you that's more than just a wish list of items. Yet anytime you hit him up, it's just a, God, I need this. God, can you hit me up with this? God, I'm really struggling right now. And it's just weeks of silence. You don't talk to him and then you hit him up with a need. Look, I'm not saying that God's going to stop hearing your prayers but I am saying that there's more to your prayers than just asking things from God. There's a relationship you're building with God when you pray. It's opening up the door for communication. And communication is not just a one-way street. It goes both ways. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, this is what it says about prayer. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What does that tell me? That sometimes we need to pray and not ask for anything. That sometimes we need to pray and just thank God for everything he's already blessed us with. Sometimes we just need to pray and listen. Sometimes we need to pray and ask God what he wants from us. Sometimes we need to ask God what his, his will is rather than just trying to strong arm God into doing our will. See, prayer isn't just transactionary. It, it, it's, it's, it's communication in your relationship with an almighty God who knows you, who sees you, he loves you, and he wants you to know him and see him and love him. Jesus actually models this kind of prayer to his disciples. When the disciples ask him, Jesus, how do we pray? And Jesus, right off the top, he says, pray like this, my Father in heaven. My Father. That's not some distant God. That is a, a God who wants a relationship with you. A close relationship, like a father to a son or a father to a daughter. That's the kind of communication that God wants. Your relationship with God is important. And I'll tell you, why is it important to your prayer life? Is because it affects how you receive answered prayer. Let me say it another way. Your relationship with God is important to how you receive answered prayer. Because look... Not every answered prayer is a yes. Not every answered prayer is with a yes. If every answered prayer I prayed, God said yes, I would be married to Christina Aguilera in the seventh grade. I am thankful that God doesn't say yes to every answered prayer. Look at what Jarma says in, in, her, in her TikTok. This is what she says. She says, if God answers prayer, then that means he picks and chooses who to bless. Yes, he does. Jarma's right. He does choose. God has a will. 
He has freedom to choose. I don't know why he answers yes, why he answers no, and sometimes why he, it feels like he doesn't answer at all. But if you're only viewing blessings as yeses, and the no's are curses, you're missing out on a key component of how God operates. God is not a yes man. And like a father, sometimes God says no. You know, it's interesting when you see kids and you know those kids that are like super bratty and just like throw a tantrum anytime they don't get anything they want. What, they grow up to be entitled, spoiled people. They're the Karens that come into your Starbucks, right, and throw the drink at you. And what do you think, man? That's some bad parenting. Why do you think that? Because you're like, man, their parents never told them no. What does that tell you and I? That a good parent sometimes says no. Why would a good God not say no to you sometimes? Some prayers are answered with no, some are answered with a yes, and some are answered with not yet. And it's our relationship with God. It changes our perspective and helps us realize that just because God doesn't say yes doesn't mean he's evil. And that's where I think Jarma messes up. She says, if God's not saying yes to your prayers, then he's an evil, evil God. Can I tell you, some of my life's greatest answered prayers have been with a no. God, I, I want that job. God, can I have that? No, no. I got something better for you. God, can I move to that city? I want to leave, live there, God. I want to be there. God, can, you, can, can I move there? No. You're going to meet your wife in this city, bro. Hold up. Some of my life's greatest answered prayers have been with a no. I want to tell you about a, a story about a man named Kevin Hines. Uh, I just like read this, just came across this, and I was like, man, I got to throw this in there. Uh, Kevin Hines, he was a 19-year-old. He went to San Francisco, year was 2000, and he had been struggling with these suicidal thoughts, haunting him almost every day, drove him to a point, and he had, he had a, a Christian upbringing in a Christian house, drove him to a point where every day he was asking God to take his life. Every day, before he went to bed, asking God, man, could I just not wake up tomorrow? And every day he woke up was a no from God. And so one day Kevin decided he had had enough. He, 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 this was it. He didn't want to live anymore. And he drove, he took, actually took a bus, I think, to the Golden Gate Bridge. And as he was up there, he looked out over the water, took a few steps back, got a running start, and dove headfirst off the bridge. As he's going down, he instantly starts to regret the decision he made. And he cries out to God, God, please no. I don't wanna die, God, I wanna live. And as he's going head first to the water, he knows if he hits head first, it'll be instant death. And so he starts to kind of twist his body midair. He hits the water and as he hits the water, he breaks two vertebrae in his back and starts to sink into the water. 
as he's going down, all he can think is about praying to God, God, please save me. God, please, I want to live. God, please help. And he sees this thing start circling in the water underneath him, and he thinks it's a shark. And as he's there in so much pain, he starts trying to fight this shark off, and it starts lifting him to the top of the water. Onlookers saw what was happening, and it wasn't a shark. It was a sea lion. A sea lion came, pushed him up to the top of the water. Paramedics came, got him. They took him to the hospital. At that hospital was a surgeon who wasn't supposed to be there that day, but he was. He operated on him with a first-of-its-kind surgery and repaired his back. He is one of only five people out of 3,000-plus who've jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge to live and still walk, stand, and run. Sometimes God's greatest blessings are the no's. And then he gives you a yes. Kevin Hines went on to start a foundation for suicide prevention. He's a a good believer in God. And his story really just tells us God knows when to say no. And he knows when to say yes. Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. You can know and believe that when you have a relationship with God and you pray, whether his answer is yes or no or maybe or not yet, that he is working it out for good. Amen? Amen. Now, with Jarma, when she makes her point in the video, she calls God evil because he answers the prayers of a middle-class woman in the Midwest, but he doesn't answer the prayer of a child who's being sexually abused or someone dying of hunger. He doesn't step in when people are getting murdered or when someone's overdosing on drugs. She says that because God allows those things, he is evil. Look, God is not evil because people do evil. People are evil because people do evil. See, there are times when God will intervene and there are gonna be times when God lets us suffer the consequences of sin and evil and the reality is that some of the things that we call out to God for, some of those things that we pray to God for, call out to him for, some of those things are our problems to solve. Follow along with me here. This is the truth. Look, Jesus has defeated sin and death. We have the promise of a future in heaven where there will be no more evil. There will be no more pain or suffering. God is going to wipe all of that out. But right now, before heaven comes, some problems are ours to solve. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says that we are the body of Christ. That means that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. In Ephesians 2, 10, it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to work in us so he can work through us. And that's why it's important for us to pray because prayer equips us. Prayer equips us. See, God's given us his spirit. 
when we pray for his will to be done, when we pray that we can have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, when we pray that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus, then God will equip us to be someone's answered prayer. Titus chapter three, verse 14 says this, our people, who's our people? It's us, Christians, followers of Jesus, must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Then they will not be unproductive. Who's supposed to meet the urgent needs of those around us? We are. Look at, look, Titus, look, look at this. Our people, that's us, the Christians, must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Then they will not be unproductive. Who is supposed to meet the urgent needs of the people around us? We are. You and I, we are. The hurt and suffering and pain we see in the world is not just a result of evil, but according to this verse, it's the consequences of us being unproductive. Do you catch that? Yet we want to blame God. Yet we look around and, and blame God. God, why aren't, you, why aren't you taking care of that? God, why, why aren't you doing that? God, where are you in this? You, you must be evil. See, the truth is that if every Christian on this planet linked arms, we could probably end world hunger. We could, we could end the drug epidemic. We could end uh, uh, human trafficking, and we could probably do it all in a week. Unfortunately, I don't think that's realistically going to happen. But what can happen is you and I continuing to pray and having open communication with God, which will equip us to meet the needs of others directly around us. This past Friday, I was honored to officiate Emilio and Presley's wedding. It was a great time. Fun, fun, great time. And one of my favorite moments, though, was during the reception, the best man, his name is Jeremiah, he got up and started talking about the story of, of when uh, him and Emilio had met. And Jeremiah starts kind of talking about a story and he talks about how in high school uh, he got cancer. And he was in the hospital dealing with treatments. He kind of grew up in a broken family, didn't really have a father around. And he's in the hospital and all he wanted was some grape juice. It's literally all he wanted. And he told Emilio like, man, like, I, I just really want some grape juice. And so Emilio tells his dad, and him and his dad buy him a bottle of grape juice, take it to the hospital, hang out with him, give him the grape juice, and just pray over him. This is what Jeremiah said. This is what he said. He said a bottle of grape juice changed his life. A bottle of grape juice. He experienced the love of Jesus through Emilio and his father simply filling a need. All they did was bring a bottle of grape juice and pray over him. They were Jesus to him in that moment. They saw the love of Jesus through them filling an urgent need in his life. And Jeremiah has walked with Jesus ever since. Look, prayer works. 
Prayer invites God to interfere with our lives. Prayer builds our relationship with God. Prayer equips us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And our God is good. He's been so good to us. He's been so good to you and me. And he wants that goodness to spread to others. Am I right? Prayer works. I don't care what Jarma says. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time to be here tonight, God, to hear from your word, to just study what your word says, Lord. I pray that it would equip us uh, to move forward in this world, God, as we get um, just pushback on our, our beliefs, on prayer, and how you operate, and how you work, God. May we just push forward in faith, in truth, uh, God, knowing that you are good, that you move, and that you work, God, and you want to work through us, Lord. God, I pray that as we leave here today, as we go about our week, Lord, that we would see areas in where we can fill urgent needs in people's lives around us, God, that we would be your hands and feet. God, that instead of blaming you when there's a need, God, we would ask you to help us fill it. God, we just give you tonight. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning into AnchorCast. I pray that you take this word and that Jesus transforms your life in ways you never thought possible. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. And of course, follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to stay up to date with all of our events, meetings, and uploads. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you.